Moonpig. Hello world and welcome to the Moonpig Tech Podcast. I'm Richard. And I am Jacob. Now at Moonpig, it's important for us to understand how our customers use our website. User research will make sure that we can get feedback from real users to make sure we're building the right things to help them out. I'm really pleased to introduce to you today Alex Lee, who is a UX researcher for us. Hi, Richard. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, so I'm the user researcher at Moonpig. Uh, I work across a bunch of different teams, helping them get in touch with uh, users across different stages of their projects. And uh, I'm here to have a, a chat with Jacob and, and Rich. I've been looking forward to this one ever since we set it up, to be honest. Yeah, super excited. <laughs> so, Alex, perhaps we could start with just a, an explanation of what user research means. So... User research is really getting out there and, and talking to your users, finding out what makes them tick, what works for them and what doesn't. And you can do it in a few different ways. Um, my favorite is just the interview. You, you sit down one-to-one -one with the user and ask them a few questions, get them to use some things and see what happens. Okay, and, and when would you do an interview? When are they appropriate? So. I, I like to break it down by project stages. So before you kick off a project, it's worth talking to a bunch of customers and figuring out how they tick, how they think about that product or, or that area of your service. Um, so before you put pen to paper designing anything, just talk to a bunch of people and, and figure out um, how they think about it. Um, later on, once you've started prototyping stuff, you've built some rough designs, you get people in, you, you want to start usability testing your product. So you get them to walk through the screens, see what works for them, see what's confusing, what appeals, that sort of stuff. Uh, make tweaks at the prototyping stage and improve the experience and sort of rinse and repeat until you're happy. And then when you're finished and you've launched something onto the live site, it's worth testing that as well. It's worth finding out how people are interacting with your current product um, as it exists on the site. Okay, so there's many different types of interviews that, that we carry out here at Moonpig. Um, yeah, so the, the early style interviews um, are based roughly in uh, the jobs to be done realm. So that's a style of innovation thinking where you, you really strip back what people are trying to do and you talk about the outcomes that they're looking for. So the, the really classic example from this school of thought is people don't need a drill um, they need a hole in the wall. So the outcome, the final step and the, the interaction that the user is looking for is the focal point. And you work out from there. Why do they want that? Why is that important to them? What do they need to help them get to that point? And if you have those types of discussions with enough people, you'll have a, a pretty broad set of ideas to work with. And then you can start to pare those down uh, and hone in on the product you're actually going to build to help people get to their final goal, which is hopefully in line with what your business is trying to do. Um, so, so we're already getting a, quite a bit into the detail. What I would be interested in is like, how do you work with the tech teams together um, and the different product teams to decide like, what are you gonna use a test with them? That is a good question because uh, I work with three or four different product teams. Um, there's only one researcher at Moonpig ac across quite a few different tech teams. For the most part, I leave it up to them. I leave it up to the UX designers and the product managers 
to to decide when it is they they want to get something in front of customers mm -hmm. so whenever they have that burning need to to chat to customers they'll come to me and i'll set that up for them um i then have to quite quickly come to grips with what stage they're at in the product what it's worth asking what they can find out now that will help them get to the next step um but it is done fairly organically here uh, I, I rely on the designers to know when they need to test their stuff mm -hmm. and and when you then like decided on what you want to use a test do you just like run out on the street and try to grab a few people or how, how does it work from there onwards okay so a, a bit more detail i'll give you like a breakdown of the anatomy of a testing session yes please a couple of weeks out we'll uh sit down and figure out who we want to talk to is there a specific subset of our users that it makes sense to chat with. We have a couple of fairly well fleshed out marketing segments that we like to talk to so we can decide, is this going to be for a more involved, super in-depth, um, enthusiastic segment? Or is it going to be more for our pragmatic sort of spend to impress segment? Uh, we, we make that kind of decision. Do we want to work with younger people? Is it going to be for males, females? What sort of experience they should have? Um, that will help us learn a bit more. So we decide who we're going to talk to, first of all. I have an agency that I can send out a recruitment brief to. They'll find me five, ten people who match those criteria and we'll set up a, a sort of time to come and talk to each of those in our lab downstairs. Um, while all that recruitment is going on in the background, we come up with a script. So what questions do we want to ask? Are we going to have some sort of exploration at the start of the session. I usually like to start out with a sort of 15 to 20 minute interview, just getting to know the person more and their preferences around the project we're working on. Um, what prototype we're testing, if we are testing a prototype, uh, what questions we'll ask at what stages. And it is actually quite nuanced writing the script there as well. Because if you ask a question in the wrong way, you're going to tip someone off to the kind of information you're trying to find out. You have to keep it very neutral, make sure you ask stuff in the right order, that sort of stuff. Um, once the script has been written and everything's ready to go, we usually have a day of testing. So we'll have five interviews, each one's an hour long, and they're more or less back-to-back, -back, uh, speaking to five different customers. And that's how it works. It's... Cool. Uh, you, you mentioned there, so so you've uh, managed to get your uh, group of candidates in and you, you know you're going to conduct a test for a particular project. You mentioned before that you've got three sort of stages of interviews you have before uh, before any work started, uh, mm -hmm. during, so I guess that's sort of regular validation of the work that we're trying to put together. And then after to make sure that we've met those goals that we set out and solved those problems for the customer. Do you use the same set of customers for each three of those stages? That's uh, a really good question, Rich. Um, I think I made it sound a little bit clearer than it actually is when I'm talking about three stages of a project because there are so many things going on concurrently and, and for practical reasons, we might not do research at every stage of every project. Uh, it's different customers every time. And I might come in on something that's already done the conceptual work without any user research and we're just testing the middle sort of prototyping phase. Um, but one of the main reasons we like to get customers in, we like to get people in from outside the business, is because they've got a fresh pair of eyes. They haven't seen what we're working on before, uh, so they're completely new to it. It's almost like if you want to um, get someone to proofread your work, if you've mm -hmm. written out 
uh, a piece of text and you think it has one meaning, getting someone with fresh eyes to come along and read it and see if they understand it in the same way and if everything makes sense is so valuable. So that's one of the, the really interesting things about user testing stuff is if you have a new person who's never seen that project before, they'll have all sorts of misconceptions about the way it works. They, they won't understand it in the same way as people who are in the middle uh, of it, working on it all day and all night. Well, not that we work all night here. Um, <laughs> but it's fresh people each time to answer your question. And, and also, I think what, what's important is we, as the people who work on the product all the time, get blind to issues that people who have never used the product before might have. Right? Absolutely. Um, something I found quite interesting when we did our preparation, as you mentioned, um, you're doing your interviews with five different people. Where does the number five come from? Can't you do it with three and it's still fine? So the number five is an interesting one because user research has been around for, um, I don't even know, probably since the start of, of programming stuff, there's been some form of user research going on, but it's become much more refined in the last 20 years or so. And that number five just sort of exists. And I, I, I'm always challenged and I like to challenge myself uh, on trying to find that balance between the quant data, so t A-B testing, testing with thousands of, of people, uh, testing larger scale stuff, and the qual side, the qualitative sort of going much deeper and, and having discussions with people and getting to know their fears and dreams and hopes and all that sort of stuff. And the reason we've settled on five sort of as an industry-wide number is diminishing returns. So it takes a lot of time to speak to someone for an hour. In fact, it takes a whole hour. <laughs> and each additional person you speak to is only going to give you so much extra information. And the thinking is by the time you've spoken to five people, you've covered 80% of the major errors that are in that current design as it exists. And you've given yourself a long shopping list of stuff to fix. And ideally, you're testing every couple of weeks. So over the next two weeks, you're then going to have more than enough to work on. Speaking to a sixth, a seventh, or, or up to 10 people only gives you a little bit of extra feedback, but it takes a lot more time and energy. Um, so that's where the number five sort of comes from. Yeah, I, I was sitting here thinking it's got to be to do with the fact you spend an hour <laughs> with each one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, a long day. To it. <laughs> uh, testing day is... is fairly tiring for everyone involved. Even just sitting watching those interviews if you're an, another stakeholder on the project, by the time you've watched five hours of, of interviews, you're, you're fairly worn out. Now, presumably the, the five people that you get in, um, you'll get a mix of people who've used Moonpig before, people who've never seen it before, uh, people who are really keen on buying cards, people who don't think about it very much, a big sort of variety of people. Who do you get the best feedback from? It's quite different uh, based on whether or not they're an existing Moonpig customer because our product is kind of complicated compared to a lot of other websites you use where you have to find a product, you have to go through this whole editing experience and then the final product is quite special to a lot of people. People really, really enjoy being able to send that special card to their, their nearest and dearest. So anyone who's used the, the website from start to finish, especially over a couple of years, really loves Moonpig. So you'll find them glossing over 
fairly big usability problems because they go, but it's okay because I know the end product. <laughs> um, it's still worth talking to them because when we want to like advance ourselves to the next step, having customers who know the product is quite vo valuable. But when we speak to people who've never used Moonpig before and ask them to sit down and try and use it, they can get lost and trip over at the first hurdle. And things everyone working in the company and every existing customer just sort of does automatically are quite difficult for them. So it's, it's great to speak to a mix. I think I've been guilty of speaking to a lot more customers than non-customers over the last few months. But yeah, a good question to ask. Um, um, what I'd be interesting is like, how, how do you capture all of this? Do you, do you record the sessions? Do you just take notes? Um, and how do you then get the most kind of information out? Of? Because in the end, you need to kind of feed this back to the team, right? Yeah, of course. So my thinking on it is nothing beats a live performance. I mean, the most powerful thing that, that uh, people can get out of user testing is coming along and watching it as it happens because that emotional side of it, that reaction of wondering, what are they gonna do next? Have they figured it out? <laughs> and then finding out whether or not they have really has a lot more impact. But, and I, I do my best to facilitate that. So as far as recording the sessions, I use OBS, Open Broadcaster Software, to uh, play a live stream over a, a private YouTube link um, of our participants' face what's going on on screen and all of that. And anyone at Moonpig can tune in as those happen. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the most valuable side of it. That's the most emotionally compelling side. We also record all of those sessions and I'll have uh, the people who are most involved in that project will be taking notes as we go along. So as well mm -hmm. as writing myself a script, I write a structured note-taking form in Google Sheets and two or three people can, can take notes sort of synchronously on the same file, working our way down through each question, each different thing we're trying to find out. And that's really valuable to me. So yesterday I, or when was it? A couple of days ago, I interviewed five people and I'm going through the notes at the moment and we've got 5,000 words worth of notes taken down just by three note takers. So there's a huge amount there for me to distill down that will ultimately end up as a slideshow, which is, sort of the um, the 10 minute digest. If, if you wanna know a little bit about this research, you go through that slide deck, you see the main salient points, and then you can be linked back to the notes in their raw format and to those recordings. Uh, the idea being, depending on how in depth you want to go, you can either get the, the bulleted sort of outtake or, or go deep. It's quite challenging to distill um, even one hour worth of interview into something written uh, that, that captures most of it. So you will lose a lot of that information uh, when you're writing it down. But those recordings always exist as well. So you, you've captured a whole load of in information from these uh, interviews and hopefully members of the team have, have been participating in it in some way, either watching live or over your streams. But at some point this needs to turn into work. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're going to have identified problems for us to fix or they're going to agree to s proposed implementations. H how do you take it forward? That's sort of where I rely on the design team as well because there, there's that sort of 
layering. I might be wrong here, but this is, this is the way I view it, is we've got a team of user experience designers and anytime we're running any user research, one of them will be involved in it and they'll be building the, the sort of experience out and working then with developers to, to implement that onto the site. Um, as far as carrying stuff forward from something we see in the lab to something that's actually implemented, I rely on those guys quite a bit. Okay, and what about if um, a really embarrassing bug or something surfaces during those tests? It's a little more <laughs> urgent and you need to get it fixed. That's sort of where Moonpig is fantastic because it's got that sort of startup style feel where once you've been here a while, you know who to tell, you know who to talk to. So as well as taking those notes for the current project, I'll also take the notes of, oh, go tell, go tell John that we need to work on this as a priority. <laughs> I'll, I'll send him the 15 second link of the website falling over and hopefully from that they'll be able to pull out and, and fix that bug. Um, it was an education at first because you know the way any site, any digital project will have those small bugs that they just exist because the cost of fixing them versus the, the, the amount of harm they're doing isn't worth looking at. I found all of those in the first three months, <laughs> and now I know about them all. You mean all so two, like, right? Oh, yeah, all two of them. <laughs> okay, so so far it's, it's, this is sounding like a no-brainer. I think it sounds like every company should be doing this form of user research. What challenges are there that we people should be aware of before going down this route? It does take time, and a lot of people can see it as slowing down a project. You're sort of saying, all right, before you even start working, let's spend two weeks running a user research session. All right, before we implement this design onto the web, let's spend an extra week testing it. So you'll get challenge from people who are really trying to streamline the process and go faster. The counter argument there is always, well, if you deploy it and you have to fix it later, it's going to cost you a lot more. Um, so there is that business pushback to, to user testing. Is it valuable? But there's also, I guess, the setup. I'm lucky that I have a space that I can test in. I have uh, a testing rig that I can record stuff on. And I have um, a budget for recruitment. <clears throat> but before I worked at Moonpig, I, I had a slightly more low budget setup the company I was working in. Um, so I recruited internally. I spoke to people who weren't necessarily working on the front facing product. Um, I spoke to them every week um, on a rotation. So they weren't too familiar with the project. They were, everyone's a human, everyone's a, a user in one way or another. Um, so recruiting internally for free is something that you can do and I'd encourage anyone to do on a low budget. My recording setup is actually free. I use a webcam and I use OBS. OBS is a free product. Um, learning how to use OBS takes a little minute, but there's plenty of blog resources out there. Everyone who streams on Twitch and, and other online gaming platforms uses it, so there's lots of user-generated support for it. Um, but as, as far as the proving that it's, it's worth doing, it's easy enough, I think. If you're in a place where you cannot sell the value of user testing, uh, do a session without really asking for permission. Just test <laughs> stuff in front of people, record it, and, and show whoever is telling you no 
that look this is what we find out this is what we improved if that still doesn't work um come work at moonpig we love user <laughs> testing <laughs> one thing that i found as a developer incredibly valuable um is even though you do lots of user testing for the website and i work mainly on the application or in the apps mobile apps um was we we have our weekly all hand sessions where the whole company comes together and you sometimes show us like snippets of your user testing session especially what is interesting to me is um when you expect a user to find the path quite easily but actually there are these hiccups there are these hurdles they have to jump through and they can't make it and they get confused and you can see the confusion and you go like yeah we, we have to do this better um and kind of bringing the customer closer to the development teams again and just right we're so stuck in like coding and pushing things live and, and making sure the technical side is correct but seeing these interviews i think is, is on an emotional level very very important um and, and and i quite enjoyed it and i think this is also a value that should not be kind of dismissed easily well Thank you very much. I take that as a massive compliment and and I was hoping it, it would uh help people um feel like they're more in touch with our users. So I'm glad that it landed that way. Um that sort of the thing that kickstarted that was almost luck. Um so we were doing a, an office opening up in Manchester and as part of that opening we wanted to showcase some user research. And I set up five interviews throughout the day on the launch day. And for one of those interviews, the people who had come to the office opening, so sort of mid and senior management who'd come to the opening, were scheduled to be observing. And in that one interview, the website fell over. And I was obviously in the interview room with just the user. And when the session ended and I went upstairs to the observation room, the air of excitement and the amount of energy in the room was just electric and i was like wow this is what people who aren't in the product team think when they see user testing and i realized that it had to get in front of people mm. uh, actually i was told it had to get in front of people <laughs> so the next monday <laughs> i had i stood up in front of the company and presented back what had happened and that format sort of worked um it's a bit tricky though to to condense a user testing session into 5 minutes because often the problem unfolds slowly over 25 minutes of the user interacting or a very small mistake on the home page can snowball into a massive error further down the line because they didn't read one line of copy that they really should have yeah. um users don't read stuff as a side note quite a, quite often um so what i what i have done and is quite successful is just take screenshots turn them into a slideshow and just talk people through that slideshow use words and and storytelling to condense a 20 minute long um user session into 5 minute story of how people can go off track yeah so one last thing that really interests me is how do you get started how do you become a user researcher user experience researcher uh or are, do you have any tips for someone who is interested in this topic who hasn't done it before on where to start so i um i get asked this question every now and then and i find it kind of difficult to answer because i studied psychology i studied research techniques for four years when i was at uni and that's massively in demand in this industry. So for me 
it wasn't very easy, but it was just a, a matter of sending out my CV to a, a lot of different places, sort of um, messaging people in the industry and asking them if they'd chat, not if they'd give me a job, but just would they speak to me for an hour in their lunch break? Did, did you and study psychology with user research in mind? Was that the role you wanted to go into? No, I just wanted to learn more about how people work and how, how we interact with the world. And through that course, um, I found out about user research. So when I was in my final year, yeah, then it did become a little bit more apparent that this is what I was going to try and do. Uh, but starting out, I just I was interested in just finding out how people interact with the world. And if you want to work uh, <laughs> with that <laughs> set of interests, user research is quite a, a big industry to go into. That said, not everyone needs a degree, and most people in this industry don't have a degree in psychology. Um, and the most effective way or the most compelling way I've seen people start to transition into user research is just start doing it. If you're working in the tech industry, the odds are you're working on products that are in development or you're working on products where you want to gain more ideas and gain a better perspective on the end user. And you can literally get up from your desk, walk over to someone on the other side of the office and ask them to use the thing you've just built and ask them to try and, and do something on it and just watch what they do. And that'll it's free and no one's going to have to give you permission to do that. And it will give you an idea for, do you want to expand into this area more? Mm. Um, so if, if you're thinking of moving across into user research, just start testing stuff. You can literally go out in the street with your product and ask people to use it. And um, then you are a user researcher. You then just have to get someone to hire you as a user <laughs> researcher. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. I think this was absolutely amazing. I, I really enjoyed hearing from you and, and how you do all of this. Um, before closing, one last question without thinking. Space pirates or robots? Space pirates. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this was it from us. Thank you very, very much for listening. Um, this was the Moonpeak Tech Podcast, and I hope we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for having me, guys. Moon